You know, my desire is for my life, and I'm, I'm hoping that you want the same desire, is that I leave a legacy on. A legacy on to uh, my, my, my sons, a legacy on uh, possibly through this church, um, a legacy on through maybe some of you in your own lives, I don't know. But that should be one of the things that we look at in our own life is as is, is, is this. If I were no longer here today, would any part of my life continually be carried on? Would I have made an impact in someone's life so strong or people's lives so strong that even though I physically may not be here, the impact that I made would be lasting? Um, there are two great days in your life. The day you were born and the day that you discovered why you were born. Think about that for a moment. Two great days, the day you were born and the day that you discover why you were born. In other words, every one of us in this room, we have been created to make a difference. God has established himself in our lives and he has established different characteristics, abilities, talents in our lives in order for us to make a difference in the world that we live in to make a difference in your family, to make a difference at your job, to make a difference within the circle of friendships, to make a difference within our church. This morning, I'm gonna base uh, a lot of what I'm gonna talk of off of this scripture. And if you've looked in your bulletin, you'll, you'll notice uh, that, that the uh, outline today is a little bit different. You have a little work to do, all right? There's a reason for that. When you have a little work to do and it's not all just given to you, you appreciate it just a little bit more. All right, but we're going to get right into the scripture in Psalms chapter 112, starting with verse five and looking through verse six. And it says, God, or excuse me, rather, good will come to him who is generous and lends freely. Now, in other words, I'm not keeping everything, but I'm going to learn to give away in order to make a difference. But not only through generosity, but also in the way that maybe we conduct the affairs of our lives. All right. In other words, I'm going to give myself away here. I'm going to give my abilities, my talents. I'm going to not just a monetarily giving. Okay. I want you to understand that. But the way that we conduct the affairs of our lives, I'm going to give these things away. Um, good will come to him who is generous and lends freely who conducts his affairs with justice. Then verse six, surely he will never be, watch this, shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. Now, you might say, well, Pastor Kevin, that's a great formula, but you know, I live my life every day and it's really hard for me not to live a shaken life. You don't understand the situations, the difficulties, the problems, the trials, the tribulations, the mess, let's just say it that way. You don't understand the mess that consumes my life every day. I, I get it. I may not understand your mess, but I certainly understand my mess. I certainly understand my trials. I certainly understand my problems. So I get it. I understand. However, what I want us to understand is we may not be able to control the shaking around us in the world that we live in, but watch this we can control whether or not we will be unshaken by it. We may not be able to control 
all the circumstances. We may not be able to control everything happening around us, but what we can control is whether or not we are shaken by it. I mean, after all, look at the chaotic world that we live in today. I can tell you one activity that this pastor will not be participating in this afternoon. And I'll leave that one there. I'm not going to go into that. But what I want you to see here this morning is that we may not be able to control the things around us. We, we don't have control over every aspect of the problems that we're faced with. But we can control as to whether or not those things shake us. My goal in my life is that one day when I'm gone and, and further away and, and eternally in heaven with my Savior, my sons who are still here are making a difference because of something maybe I gave to them. And then my goal then is that when they're gone and their sons and daughters are in existence, that they are making a difference in what I was able to implement through mine. We want to live a legacy-minded life. So legacy, here's our first question that we're going to look at. Where my life lives on. It's where my life lives on. Think about this. Today is all about you living your life in such a way that your life is going to live on. God wants your life to live on. God did not exist you. Understand this. God did not exist you for the things that you participate in and the, the qualities and the values that you have and the beliefs that you have to end the moment you die. God did not design you for that reason. God designed you to share those things so that they will continue to live on. In other words, have you ever met someone like that? Have you ever met someone? You know, I can look back at my grandfather, my uh, mom's dad, who was a fantastic preacher. He was far more superior than most that I've ever heard. And he was, he was about this tall and about that wide. You know what I mean? And he was just truly amazing. And he would go into shopping centers. That's what he called shopping centers where we lived at in Baltimore. And, and he would walk into a, a grocery store and it didn't matter. He loved, he loved, does anybody like going to the vegetables and fruit and all that area, right? I hate that area. Here's why. Because he would go in there and he would like, Really, that's really making a difference between what's between that skin and what's inside of there. You know what I mean? But he did it because what would happen was somebody would come around him in some way to get something and he would instantly strike up a conversation. And he loved communicating to people. And I notice me as I'm getting older, I don't like going to the fruits and the vegetables, but I'll find myself to stay in an area just so hopefully somebody comes around me so I can strike up a conversation and I'm becoming that little old man. <laughs> it's something that lives on. I'm, no, I'm not growing. I'm, I'm, I'm getting smaller. All right, praise God. It's something that lives on. That's what we want to do. We want, God wants for our lives to make such an impact that we can live on. So where my life lives on. So how do I do that? Psalms 112 tells us that. It brings us into our next question here, or our next statement. Giving to something that will outlive me. In other words, we're investing. We're investing into lives. We're investing into people. I stand here every Sunday 
every Wednesday night. I, my job is to give something to you. Now, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I stand there and I'm like, I ain't got a thing to give. And you're probably sitting there going, he gave us nothing today, right? Larry Parsons likes to give me a hard time every, over every message. But we, we in our lives, there's something that we need to be doing. We need living so that my life can outlive me. I don't want the existence of Kevin Stanley to stop the moment I die. I want my existence to continue to live on through people that I impact in their lives. God ultimately sent his son, Jesus Christ, to do the exact same thing. He wanted his legacy to continue to live on. Living so that his life, the things that he did, the things that he was a part of, living so that it outlived him. Now, there's a couple things that we're going to talk about this morning, and you've got to trust me. I, look, I know we all go through problems. We all go through these difficulties. Think about this, family issues. Some of you are dealing with some family issues right now, weighing heavily on your mind. Some of you are dealing with a, a strong financial burden, weighing heavily on your mind. Some of you are you're dealing spiritual burdens right now. You don't know whether you're coming or you're going. Some of you are dealing with some real stuff, and I get that. The problem that we look at is this. Are we going to allow our problems to define who we are? That's what happens so many times. We allow the problems that we're going through define who we are. Think about this for a second. If I were to just throw up somebody's name to you, um, I I can't throw that name up because it's a political name, so I'll leave that one alone. Think in your mind of somebody that you could throw up a name to you and chances are, You're not really going to look at the person for who they are, but you're going to look at the person for the problems maybe that they have brought to your attention about them. The difficulties that they've gone through. The struggles that maybe they've related to you. And instead of looking at the person for who they are, you're looking at the person for the problems that they're involved in right now. See, oftentimes what we do is we allow our problems to find who we are. In other words, our problems actually become our reputation. The goal for us isn't to live on earth forever, but to leave something that outlives us. I don't want people looking at me and seeing the problems that I've lived or the difficulties that I've gone through define who I am, and that's how they relate Kevin Stanley. I want them to see a person who was driven by the word of God, who was daily in prayer, a person who was putting others first and himself last. A person who is investing, investing rather, in people's lives. Now, if I were to have a survey here this morning and say, who would agree you would like that for your own life? I'm hoping and believing that every person in here, your hand would shoot straight up and say, I want the exact same thing. I have two parts to my job. The Bible actually has a metaphor for what I do, and that is called, I'm a shepherd. I'm to help guide you through your life. And there's actually two parts of your life. Watch this. There's a life that you will live here on earth, and then there's a life that you're going to live in eternity. Most of us, what we talk about is the life that we live here on earth. We're consumed with what we are presently involved in. 
We're consumed with what we're presently doing. And truth be known, that the most of your life is not here on this earth, but the vast majority of your existence is your eternal existence. What you live here on earth is just a small frame, a small timeline, a small segment of your existence. Your existence is actually an eternal existence. Existence. Most of what we talk about is what we're doing here. But we must become eternally minded. See, I, I shared Wednesday night in our Bible study, and, and I shared this in, 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 a, in this light. I often think of eternity. I often think of eternity because it just it confuses me. I'm like, wow, I'm in all of eternity. It just doesn't end. It continually exists. Now, I'm not trying to put no fear in anybody's mind or in anybody's heart, rather. But we need to understand that we have to get rid of the mindset of what we're doing here, but take on the mindset of what is our eternal existence going to hold. Now, let's look at Romans this morning, chapter 14, verses 10 through 12. This is what the word says. It says, you then... Why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, as surely as I live, says the Lord. Watch this. What? Every knee will bow before me. And every tongue will acknowledge God. So then, each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Now, we're going to get a little deep here in just a few moments. So you're going to have to bear with me as we go through what we're about to go through here. But I believe it's going to be very eye-opening for you, and it's going to be encouraging. But we are all going to be tested when it comes to eternity, when it comes to our judgment. We're all going to be tested. But don't worry. I got the answers for you this morning. All right. You're going to come a day and you're going to be in court and you're going to stand before God. And it is important that we understand that when we do such, that we are on the right side or that we are on the right team. Because after all, what did the scripture said? That every knee will what? Will bow before God. And realize that Jesus was God. So what does this look like? We're going to look at two questions. The first one is this. I believe that we could all be asked a question to this nature. What did you do with my son, Jesus? Think about that. What did you do with my son, Jesus? Who was what? Sent to earth on a mission to do what? Pray for our sins. To pay for them. To to take on our sin as if it were his own. What did you do with my son Jesus? I don't want that to be a question that we have to answer then. But rather I want that to be a question that we all begin to think about into our own mind. And answer ourselves now. What have we done? All of our sins must be paid for. 
However, most unfortunately, will have to pay for their own. Hell isn't a place that God designed for torture, but rather a place where humanity must pay for their sin. Understand that. Hell was not designed to torture humanity, but rather it was designed for a place for humanity to pay for their sin. But fortunately for you and I, we have a Savior who took it upon himself to die on that cross and to pay for our sins. Now watch this. This past week and a half ago, we went, uh, my family, we went on vacation. We went on a cruise. And my sons could not, I say sons, I'm going to say Carter, the six-year-old, could not understand a concept that was taking place. Because every time we went to go eat somewhere, there never came a bill to be paid. And he had in his mind, he had these activities that he wanted to get to. You know, we eat a meal, then we go to these activities. He has a fun time. I stand there with a million screaming kids. You know, you know how it goes. And so we would sit at a meal and we would eat. And every single time, it didn't, it didn't fail. And it really confused me because I'm sitting there, I'm going, why does he keep asking this question? Daddy, why haven't you paid the bill yet? I'm like, because I did way before the cruise started. I did way before this thing started. So when I, when I was really digging in for this series, that jumped out in my mind when it came to this spot about what have I done with Jesus because understanding that what he has done for me is far greater than what I could ever do for him because he paid a price for my life, for my sin. Now, I, I, I put that into perspective with what my son was telling me because I'm sitting there going as we're eating and, and as we're getting ready to leave because he's wanting to hurry up and get the bill so he can get out the door to go do his activities. And, and, and so I'm going, but we've already paid for it. And he couldn't grasp the concept that daddy had already paid the price beforehand. And all he had to do was accept what I was telling him and take it for what it was worth because it was worth a lot of money, too much. And then he could go on and do his thing. Well, that sounds so elementary and so, so just really stupid in my opinion. Why can't we grasp the same thing? Why can't we understand that Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price for our sin, that we don't have to sit there and one day have to go through what billions are going through this day in paying for their sin when we can freely accept the price that was already paid for our sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. It has already been bought. It has already been paid for. And all we have to do is watch this, freely accept it. That sounds so easy, doesn't it? All right. Revelation chapter 20. We're going to look at some theology. Verses 11 through 12. It says this. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence. And there was no place for them. 
And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And watch this. This is important. And books were opened. Now, some of you are going, Pastor Kevin, you usually give us a really great life application message. You're getting a little deep here on this heaven and hell thing today. All right. Follow me. Standing before the throne, the books were opened. Watch this. Then another book was opened, which is the what? The book of life. The, the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Now, this right here, it is what is considered as the great white throne judgment. Understand what the scripture was saying is books plural. In other words, the first books are every sin that you have ever done. And he has to use books because that's a lot of sin, isn't it? Think about that. That's a lot of sin. That's a lot of mess up. You, you don't want to be judged according to what is written in those books. When that moment happens and we understand death will come to us all. I'm not trying to be depressing here. I'm being very realistic. And or the Lord is going to come and take us who belong to him home. There is going to come the time of the great white throne judgment. And we see here in the scripture of what's going to happen. He says, and I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. Watch this. The great and small. Who are the great and small? This is man's perspective in this. The lonely within the social aspect, the lowly of the lowly and the great. All right. All together as one. None greater than the other in this moment. But they were all having to stand before the Lord. We don't want to be judged. You don't want to be judged according to what is written in the books. But you want to be overlooked and seen that your name is written in the book. In other words, it's kind of like this. I'm going to break it down to you as simple as I possibly can. When I go before that great judgment, when I stand before that throne, and the Lord looks at me and sees Kevin Stanley. I don't want him having to go over to books to try to find me. I want him to go, well, son, he ain't in there. He must be in the book, right? The book. That's the one that we're going after. That's the one that we want to see. Watch this. Jesus said it very clearly in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. And this is deep. This is one of those scriptures that I go, Ugh, I cringe at it. It says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my father, who is in what? Heaven. Verse 22. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons? And in your name perform what? Many miracles? Then, watch this, I will tell them plainly. Oh, I never knew you away from me, you evil doers. That's one of them downer scriptures right there. That's one of them scriptures that go, well, what's going to happen to me? You see, 
too many people try to do it within the mind. But ultimately it becomes a heart issue. What am I saying? We can have a knowledge of God. We can have a knowledge of a relationship with God. We can have an understanding of it. But it's about the heart. It's not about everything that you have ever done. This is a grace judgment. Not a works judgment. Understand that. This judgment here at this great white throne is for those who within their heart have said, I will follow Jesus. It's for those within their heart who who are willing to put away everything else and say, my focus, my life is only going to be about Jesus. Those, this right here is about the people who are willing to say, you know what? It's not about everything that I've done. Because look, if we look at our lives and do an account of it, we can all say we do not deserve the grace of God. We do not deserve the mercy that he has shown us. But as I told my son, as he was sitting at that table, I said, don't worry, daddy already paid the price. Everything's already taken care of. He knew in his mind, he didn't doubt it. Dad paid it. I have nothing to pay. I'm good. He gets up. He goes and does his thing. What is remarkable to me is that all we have to do is to be willing to accept what Jesus has done. And that is to pay that ultimate price. So what did you do with what I gave you? Comes into our next line. What did you do with what I gave you? In other words, I have a responsibility to make sure that you answer this well. Watch this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now watch this. You need to understand something here in the scripture. The word all in this scripture is referring to the Christians. There's two judgments here for the, for the Christ follower. There's the great white throne judgment where we find out that our name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. And now we're facing another judgment, which is the judgment seat of Christ. Don't complicate the two. Don't mix the two together. They're two different judgments. This one is about works. This one is about, okay, you follow me, you love me, I'm bringing you into my kingdom, but now what have you done for me? It's almost like it's a rewards judgment here. It's a rewards opportunity. Watch this. We, um, we were in the airport last, not yesterday, but the Saturday before last. And my, my boys were being great. They were being good. Carter sat down. He did his homework, Miss Derrickson, all right? Yeah. Might have been all wrong, but he did it, all right? He's sitting there. He's being good. And so I got this idea. He likes his candy. Anybody like Swedish fish? Anybody? I can't stand the things. 
I don't, he must got that from the other side of the family. I don't like that like gummy, like it sticks to you. You know what I'm talking about? You got to pry your teeth apart. And, and so we're sitting there and, and I decided, you know what? He did a good job. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reward him. And I didn't even tell him that I was rewarding him. All right. So I went, I got the candy. Really, it was set up so he'd just be quiet while he's on the plane so we can hurry up and get home and not disturb everyone else around us. That's my mentality for it. And so we get, so we get on the plane and we sit down and he's being good as gold. You know, it's, it's a reward when you sit down on the plane and there's three seats, but there's only two of us, me and him. The other two on the other side. We had nobody else to sit in between us or around us. It was a fantastic moment. I was like, oh God, thank you. So we're sitting there and he's being good. And I broke open. I said, Carter, I got some, and I got some for Caden too. I said, Carter, I got something for you. And I opened my bag and I gave it to him. His light lit, his face lit up. And he was like, why? Why did you give this to me? And I was like, because you were such a good boy in the airport waiting and you did your homework. So I'm rewarding you now. I believe that God looks at our lives and wants to reward us for the things that we have done. I truly believe that. See, we oftentimes, we, we really downplay our works. We sit there and we say, well, works aren't going to get you to heaven. You're right. Works aren't going to get you to heaven, but your works are going to get you to rewards. Watch this. Matthew chapter 16, verse 27 says this. For the Son of Man is coming, is going to come in the Father and his Father's glory with his angels. And then he will what? Reward each person according to what he has done. Heaven is all Jesus and all grace. But your rewards are about the things that you have done. They're your works. So the right answer mentioned is I gave myself. I gave myself. What are the things that you can give out of your life? in a workspace that can make a difference for the kingdom of God. Could you say that I live my life in such a way that I realize that my life isn't about my life? It's almost like this is a moment where you can be a little bit of selfishness and a little bit of less selflessness. Because you're looking at what you've done through your life to better the kingdom of God and what is God going to return back to you. Before Jesus, your whole life is about finding Jesus. But once you find Jesus, your whole life is about what? Making a difference. In other words, this, I've got to figure out in the short time that I'm left, how I can make a difference. Now, I stand here. We did a baby dedication today. And this young man's got a long life and successful life ahead of him and that little child. I stand here and I'm now in my middle ages. My, 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 what I have left has shrunk. Some of you, we're just going to leave it there. It's even further. That's my goal. Meaning. We need to make a difference with what we have left. We must make a difference with what the remaining of our life has for us. So oftentimes I've, I've heard so many people say, Pastor Kevin, 
and if this has been you, don't be mad at me, please. But I'm just praying about what God wants me to do. Well, you know what? Maybe God has shown you. You just want to keep using the excuse that I just need to keep praying. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that one. Can I get an amen on that? Can I get a strong amen on that one? Maybe you just need to stop praying about it because God's already given it to you and you need to start doing it. You need to start making a difference. This church cannot go on, one per- go on with just one person leading it. This children's ministry cannot go on with one or two people leading it. The student ministry that we have here can't go on with one person leading it. The worship ministry cannot go on with one person or two or three people leading it. We must become involved and understand that we have a legacy to leave and you determine the legacy that you're going to leave. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. In other words, you can't help but think about eternity. Unfortunately, we have that and we don't know what to do with it. We don't understand what we are to do with this concept of eternity. What do we do with what you and I, what do we have left? Number one is this. I will intentionally give what I have. Look, I'm trying to help you guys out here. Whether you're a new believer, newly attending this church, or you've been attending this church for 20 plus years, I'm trying to give you some help here this morning, or God's trying to give us some help here on how we can make what is left of our lives make a difference in this community in your family, within your friendships. It says this, I will intentionally give what I have. I'm not talking about money here. Now, yes, God gives us instructions through that. I'm talking about your very breath. We all have arms, we have legs, we have a mind. We have abilities, we have talents. We have all of this stuff. We're changing our mindset and saying, now I'm going to intentionally give what I have. I was talking to a a couple this morning who was joining the church, which is very exciting. We're going to have that here shortly. Um, And we were talking about life groups today. And I said, you know, typically we do life groups and they're a a, a sit down study. and, And we learn about the word. We have a time of fellowship, communion with one another, breaking of the bread, you know, having a good time with one another. But I said, you know, what I want us to do is take this whole life group thing and let's really stretch it. Let's actually do life together. What do I mean by that? I mean like this. What are are the things you like to do in life? What are your hobbies? Form a group around it. Make it happen. Make that be your ministry. I love sports. Get involved in a sport. Get a group of guys together. Have a sport. Women, you like cooking, praise Jesus. You know? Take what you enjoy to do and make it a ministry. Some of you like complaining, and you're going to stop that. You're not going to get a group of that. All right? 
Make this thing real. God is giving all of us so many things to do. He's given us these talents, these abilities, these interests. Not to take them and become selfish with them, but to be selfless about it. Make something happen. Be an entrepreneur when it comes to the spiritual matters and life groups. Develop something. 2 Corinthians 9 and 11 says, You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So understand, God has made you rich. He's given you and, and so much, so be generous about it. Share these things. Stop thinking that everything has to be just developed within these four walls of this church. Understand that the, the, the real ministry of this church happens on the outside of these walls. Not with inside of here. The real ministry happens, watch this, not within the inside of this flesh. But on the outside of it. With what God has given me the abilities to use to make what? A difference. Your generosity needs to result in someone coming to a knowledge of God. Secondly, I will intentionally serve others. You know, I believe it's time for us to get involved in a team. We are developing something very new here for our church that you're going to hear more information about next week, and it's called Dream Team. God has given me a vision. And I want you to understand that your pastor has goals and objectives that not that I want to see fulfilled, but that has to be fulfilled. It must be fulfilled. Sometimes in life, as you know, you go through different situations and it will cause you to have us take a step backwards and just to wait a few moments. My waiting period is now over and it is time for us to project forward. And it is time for us to become very precise on what we're going to do as a church and to develop teams within our church to make an impact within our community. I want us to be a healthy church, a thriving church, and a vibrant church. I don't want us to be a church that is content with just coming here on a Sunday morning and hearing a message and then leaving and coming back the next Sunday. Now, Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 through 28 says this. Whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? To serve and to give his life as a ransom to many. So Jesus models this dream team concept perfectly. I want us to be a church that is servant-minded. You know, the metaphor that that the Bible gives me for my title is I'm a shepherd. I, I, I don't like that. I'm a servant. I'm here to serve you. I'm here to lead you spiritually in your life 
but then I'm here to serve you, to help you in every way possible so that you can lead others to the knowledge and the relationship of Jesus Christ. You see, we have teams here at our church already that are going to fall underneath the stream team capacity, the music, the media, Kid City, His Way, our outreach ministry. But then we're going to develop new teams like a facilities team. Then we're going to develop other new teams, teams that are going to go within the community to fulfill projects that are needed to be done in the community. Not for our well-being. I'm not talking about sweeping up around our church. I'm talking about getting off of our property and doing something for someone who is in need. We must extend the message of Jesus Christ beyond the property lines or boundaries within this church. We must reach out and be legacy-minded. And understanding this, I'm going to give what I have for God. I'm going to give my abilities, my know-how, understanding that it's not just the pastor or a Sunday school teacher or a youth pastor or musicians or a music leader. It's not just them who have the responsibility to carry the message, but it is every single one of us because we understand that God has richly blessed us. And we are to what? Generously give. So that brings us to the next one. I will intentionally share Christ. We have a dream team ministry that is very intentional about this every Tuesday night. I'm going to brag about them just for a second. And that is our jail ministry that is head up by Tommy Daisy. Every Tuesday, this gentleman goes to Accomac and ministers to a group of individuals who really need to be touched in that moment and need a life-changing message. You know, I'm going to point out Tom Derricks. I didn't ask permission, so I'm not asking. I'm just, I'll ask for forgiveness. How about that? You know, don't ask permission. Ask forgiveness later. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm going to do here. He told me one day, he said, you know, Tommy Daisy kept telling me, you know, you really need to go down to the jail with me sometime. You really need to go down to the jail with me. And I kept going, yeah, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. And never thought that I'd really enjoy it. Not me. I haven't gone yet. I'm going. And he said, and so I went. And when I went, forgive me if I'm wrong here in any way. I'm just paraphrasing. It was kind of eye-opening. And now Tommy Daisy has Tom Derrickson joining his team, part of the dream team, to make a difference and people's lives. How awesome is that? And you know, Tom, it would never happen if you'd have never went. If you'd have never stepped out and said, I'm going to give it an opportunity. What can we learn from that? If we would just step out and say, I'm going to give it a chance. I'm going to give it an opportunity. God, you've tested me. I've answered the test. Now I'm going to test you. What are you going to do with me now? How are you going to use me? Remember we talked about last week. We're responsible for what we do, but God's responsible for what? The outcome. God is responsible for the outcome. So that brought us to, I will intentionally share Christ. In other words, watch this. The best way to intentionally share Christ, invite somebody to church. Do you like your church? Do you love your church? 
then get your friends and your family here. Invite, invite, invite. I, I can stand here and preach to you all I want to, and that's going to be great, and that's not going to grow this thing. What's going to grow this thing is you becoming intentional. What's going to grow this thing is you taking that, what God has given you generously and generously giving it back and making a difference and investing in people's lives. I, I actually had somebody one day come up to me before service on a Sunday, and they invited somebody to the church, and the person came with them, and they came up to me and they said, Pastor Kevin, don't blow it today. Let me handle the pressure. I got it. If I blow it, oh well, it's on me. Understand this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says this. We are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through who? Through us. You are Christ's ambassadors. Now, some of you who attend weekly Bible study on Wednesdays, you're going you're to be very familiar with what I'm about to share. This is what the ambassador is. It's an exact replication of what the king is. The ambassador in, in the biblical times was dressed just like the king. Took on the habits of the king. Had the same physical stature and likeness and the appearance of the king. Scripture says that we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. What does that mean? That means this, you have the same qualities, the same characteristics with inside of you as a Christ follower that Christ has. And it is up to us to make this difference. We are the ambassadors. Now watch, we're going to look at uh, Luke chapter 14, verse 23. It says this, go out into the country and urge anyone you find to come in so that my house will be full. Now, growing up, one of the greatest moments for my grandmother's life was when the whole family would come together into the house. There was nothing like it. Knowing all the babies were together. Jesus loves it. When his house is full. I stand here this morning and I look out and I see empty seats. Jesus loves every one of us. But his desire is for this place to be completely full. His and I believe I'm going to say this not proudly. I'm very humble about this. But I say this. I believe we are the best church on the shore. I believe we have the best worship. I believe we are going to have the best teams and we are going to minister the greatest because we are going to be a church that is going to be very, very, very intentional. I'm not knocking any other church. I will never do that. I support every church on this island and I will continue to do so. I will continue to support every church on this shore. I will, we support churches. We, we did this past, um, last month. I, we, we gave to to, to the, the relief in, in Texas. And, and we're going to be giving this upcoming Sunday evening to the relief for those in Florida. And we're going to stretch ourselves so that we can provide to make others even better. 
but I believe that God's going to strategically and intentionally use us to be a focal point to where we are going to develop ministries and we're going to cast vision that people are going to want to be attracted to and to be a part of. But listen, that can only help. That can only happen when you get on board. That only happens when you say, you know what? I want this to be my church. This is my church. I'm going to be intentional with the abilities and the things that God has given me. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 says this. Jesus said to his followers, go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to who? Everyone. You have no problem sharing the bad news, do you? You have no issue sharing your heartache. Let's share Jesus. Let's make a commitment today to flip the script. It's not about me. This life isn't about me. This life is about me sharing Jesus and impacting others' lives for him. So that leads us to why. Why are we doing this? You can come on up. Why are we doing this? Why do we want to leave a legacy? Why do we want to be intentional? First Timothy chapter six, <clears throat> verses 17 to 19 says this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. To put their hope, but rather to put their hope in God, who what? Richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. Understanding that there is more to this life than this life. Think about that. There's more to this life that you're living than this life that you're living. There's an eternity that is very real and that there are judgment seats as we saw in the scripture that every mankind is going to have to stand before and the scripture said that every knee will bow down and acknowledge that Jesus is who? God. We have a responsibility. We have people in our minds. I have a grandfather that I, I look back to often when it comes to the struggles of being a pastor and, and sharing the word. And I, I think about his life and, and the mentor that he was for me and, and how I seen his example. And I want to carry that on. You look in your life and you can find people that spiritually have made an impact in your life. They have lived a legacy they have passed on a legacy to you. So the responsibility has now been cast to us. It is time for us to leave a legacy.
but it comes down to whether or not we're willing. It comes down to whether or not we're going to be intentional. See, I can stand here and say all the right scriptures, give the right points, have the right wording. I can even give you the right instruction. But if you do nothing with it, then all it was was a bunch of words and it was worthless. There's power through the word of God, through your actions. The word can live through you. And the word must live through you. So we've all been challenged this morning. Are we willing to live that legacy? I want you to stand with me. I pray that we are intentionally generous. I pray today that we will be a church that will look at our abilities, our giftings, our talents, and say, how can I use this to grow the kingdom of God? Maybe I can join one of these teams that Pastor Kevin is gonna be sharing with more and more about as we go through this series. And some of the teams that are already developed here within our church with the youth and children and our benevolence and our music and, and, and other teams, our jail ministry and, and so many others. Maybe, maybe you have something within you that said, you know what, our church could have this type of a team. Maybe God's going to lead it upon you to be an entrepreneur when it comes to a team within our church, to be a leader, to step up. Today, my prayer is simply this. God, that we would be intentional on what you have given us to use to make a difference in this world that we live in. Whenever I bowed, every I closed this morning. And I think it would be wrong for me to continue on today after talking about the judgments that we're all going to be faced with and not having an opportunity to have someone accept Christ. We all we see throughout all the gospels the ministry of of Jesus and we see the purpose of his life. We see in the Old Testament the prophecies that were fulfilled or spoken of that were fulfilled in the New Testament about Jesus Christ. And we see later on in the New Testament how Jesus' examples was carried on. And we see even on our own lives how the example of Jesus has been carried on. But maybe today you stand here and you say, well, it's going to be really hard for me to leave a legacy like this, Pastor, because... I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to challenge you today to make that relationship become a reality. And so if that's you this morning, if you want to say, Pastor, I need to make and start that relationship today. I want to do that in my heart. I want to make that difference. All I want you to do is just slip up your hand. That's all you have to do in this house right now. I see that hand and I see that hand. I see those hands. I see that hand, hands all over. You can put them down. That is powerful right there. That right there that the angels of heaven are rejoicing because there's a group of people who said, today I, I'm brought into the fold. Today I'm in the grip of grace. So as a church, let's pray this prayer together. Father God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, for my sins. 
Jesus, today I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live a life that has been laid out in your word. Help me today, Lord, to live a life of honesty, purity, integrity, and wholeness. Father, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just rejoice for a moment right there? Now, it doesn't stop there. But now here's our challenge to the rest of us and those who just gave your life. And that is this. My prayer today is that we will intentionally, intentionally, I can't stress that enough, intentionally take what God has given us and let's do something. Let's stop sitting in a chair. Let's do something to make a difference. Let's invite people into the house of God. Let's get involved in a ministry. Let's participate. Let's say, God, I want, I want this existence to know that it has done something for you and not been wasteful. Let's do something. Let's pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for this day. And I just ask for every one of us in this room today who are followers of you, that we would become intentional with what you have given us and we would make a difference in the lives of everyone that we are surrounded with day in and day out. We would take the giftings, the riches, Lord, that you have given us, and we would generously give back to make a difference, God. So, Lord, equip us through the power of your Holy Spirit. Equip us, Lord, through your word. Equip us, God, through your direction. Father, Lord, let us all take on that full armor and gird ourselves and clothe ourselves day in and day out. Father, we love you in Jesus' name. And you know what? I think it's appropriate this morning. I want Bradley to close out with this, with this worship song today. And that'll be it.